Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Believe and Listen Talk Radio from New York with Carla Blaha, Evidential Medium. Weekly conversations on all things spiritual and metaphysical, discussions, callers, and readings. Cultivate your personal connection to spirit and the universe. Learn that the impossible is actually possible. Welcome to Believe and Listen with your host, Carla Blaha, Evidential Medium. Today's podcast is a follow-up to a past podcast I did on remote viewing. It was so fascinating to me that I knew we needed to do a second podcast. So I have invited back John Noble, a remote viewer, who was fascinating to listen to and I love to learn things from, who's going to help us learn even more about remote viewing and what it's used for. John runs a remote viewing practice group in New York City. He is the author of a very concise and practical introduction to remote viewing called Natural Remote Viewing. John also facilitates Focal Point, the International Remote Viewing Association online target practice program. He has been instructed by many of the remote viewing pioneers, such as Russell Targ, Stephen Schwartz, Skip Atwater. Terry remote viewer Paul H. Smith in a more structured, controlled remote viewing. So, John, welcome again to Believe and Listen podcast. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for inviting me back, Carla. Nice to be here. Great. I'm so happy. I'm hoping you'll be able to give us a little recap for people who are just tuning into this part two um, and maybe didn't hear part one. And I know it's not easy to say already, but maybe if you could just kind of just give us a little elementary discussion about what remote viewing is and how it started and, and how you got into it, I think that would be really helpful. Okay. Yeah, certainly. Happy to. Um, yeah, the big question is, is, is what, what is remote viewing? Uh, it's often sort of like, People sort of think they know what it is, and it's, it's some sort of psychic thing, and just sort of sitting down and doing a psychic sort of reading, that sort of is remote viewing. And it sort of is in a way, but really there's, there's, there's more to it. Remote, to be, for something to be called remote viewing, it really needs to sort of follow a, a few things. Uh, there's a few different angles that are required to f- describe it fully. For example, remote viewing has its own methods, and there's a few of those. And the, and the most sort of basic one is the one that I describe in my book. But as you mentioned, I, I trained with Paul Smith as well in, in, in controlled remote viewing, which is, again, it's remote viewing, but it's a lot more structured, a lot more formal. So that's one aspect, you know, an actual method. 
Um, fundamentally, though, just to step back, fundamentally, it is a use of our psychic abilities. It's just a, a different method in a way. So you can think of it as like, okay, well, there's tarot card reading and there's like a psychic reading. Uh, and then there's remote viewing, you know, so it is just another way of using our psychic abilities. It has its own methods, uh, as I mentioned. I think a couple of other things that maybe distinguish it are it was born in the laboratory, right? It was born under some scientific controls, and those have sort of stuck with it. So, you know, things like blindness of the target, the viewer is uh has no idea what the target is and really just goes from a reference number so that's a that's a key differentiator in the you know quite often when you see a remote viewing session and it's all written down um it will start at the top and there'll be some sort of what looks like a little code and it'll be a series of numbers and letters and basically that's uh the tasker saying this is the this is what I want you to investigate. And it's really only that little set of numbers and, 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 and letters. And there's no, apart from that, you know, they don't really know, the viewer doesn't really know anything about it. The viewer is blind to the target. And that comes from the early days of actually, okay, we're doing a scientific experiment here. Um, you know, I'm not going to tell you anything about it because then you can just start making stuff up. I'm just going to give you this little code word. The other thing about it, just maybe the last thing, is... It's really looking for sort of fairly sort of specific sort of information. You know, it's, it's often like, you know, it's real sort of nuts and bolts information that it's, that it's after. And again, this comes out from its early days when it was actually the, the whole sort of program that was started in the States really was initiated by the CIA and they wanted to use it for sort of spying purposes. So they wanted, you know, specific information about a location or a person or or whatever it was, some sort of new military sort of um, equipment or whatever. So it's designed to sort of capture, you know, really sort of uh, factual information. And that's, that's its goal. And again, that's sort of retained to, through to today as well. So in a nutshell, I hope, you know, there's a lot to pack in there. Um, but really, it is those sort of component parts that make up remote viewing methodology, protocol, and specific purpose. Did you have any questions? One of the things I... that you mentioned. Yes, I think I'm going to go to one right now, actually. Great, I, I think that when, when, when I gave you an example of something I had done with one of my remote viewings, and it was about the, um, the Canary Islands, where was the, the actual target was the Canary Islands. And when I, and so I thought, initially I thought that was horrible. That, and then I realized, well, Key West is my version of an island and small birds are canaries. And you had mentioned <laughs> something that in remote view, I know, so then right. I was like, wow, that was, right. so in a psychic reading, that would have actually been excellent. <laughs> but if I was helping, you know, the FBI with a criminal case, maybe not so much. But right. you mentioned in our last podcast that it's kind of a team. So if, if you know, whether it be the government investigators working on remote viewing, they don't take just that one piece of evidence. They would use different people or different other sources, and then they would pull together. Is that correct? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and that is sort of that sort of stuck through uh, remote viewing. Stefan Swartz, who I, who I trained with, uh, came up with something called the Mobius Consensus uh, Protocol, where he would. Uh, 
uh, ask basically the same sort of, well, ask the same sort of questions of a bunch of psychics and remote viewers and then consolidate uh, all of that information. And what he used to do was actually sort of label every piece of information that came back from everybody and then used to sort of join them, join them up together. And then he could sort of wait how many times a particular thing was, was mentioned. And then he'd sort of base his sort of, he, he was using it for archaeology. Uh, he's written some books on this. They're, they're fascinating. Um, and he would sort of base his sort of digs or, or whatever he was doing on, on this sort of consensus protocol of all this information coming back. And then just a, another sort of another view of that is, again, the, the, when it was used in the military, they really didn't sort of make any decisions based on remote viewing, you know, on, in, on, on its own. It was always in conjunction with all the other sort of intel that, that, that they were getting from from elsewhere. So that's I mean, today. Um, you know, when you see on YouTube remote viewers saying, you know, here's the answer, um, the pyramids were built by aliens or, or whatever it is, it's like, well, that's a little bit hard to take, right? Because there are on occasions, I, I, I know of a number of examples where remote viewers have, you know, a prediction has been made about something uh, based on remote viewing data alone, and it's turned out not, not to be correct. So. Uh, you know, I don't think we know why why this is. You know, it appears you can get very good sort of results or results that look very promising and all line up across a bunch of remote viewers, and yet they turn out to be wrong. There's there's something else we 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 don't know about this, but it's difficult to sort of make a decision based on remote viewing data uh, alone. I would think, though, like like you said, in conjunction with something else, with missing per for missing people or something like this, and you're bringing in a lot of information, I would think it would be just another t- a very good tool in the toolbox to be helpful to find it's people. Exactly. Yes. And and there actually, and, sorry to jump in. There there has been a case. Um, it's been written up, uh, a cold case, and remote viewing found enough clues for it to be reopened and investigated and eventually they, 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 they solved it. So yes, there are occasions when, yeah, remote viewing can sort of pull something out, out of thin air sort of thing, so, so to speak. But, but, but as I say, you know, there are examples where, where, where the opposite has, has been true. So, you know, again, it's not a hundred percent. I think, you know, no psychic stuff seems to be a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time. Um, I was um, yeah. reading that, well, I know with psychic, you know, holds about an 85 percentile hit rate, psychic or medium. And there's days when we do better and certainly days where we may be off. When I was reading, which I want to talk about in a little while, um, the associative um, remote viewing about predicting, I read one statistic, maybe this isn't exactly right, but it was talking about on its best day, possibly 70 percent accurate. To me, that still is accurate enough where people have to pay attention to this podcast. People doing this are not necessarily psychic. Some of the best remote viewers are people who are not psychics, correct? I don't, I don't know, Carla. I, I'm not sure. I, I can't answer that, I don't think. I, was, okay. I, I would have said that I, I wasn't psychic. I think I would have said that uh, before I discovered remote viewing. I would have said, no, I'm not psychic at all. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the vast majority of people are not psychic sort of thing. But I don't know if, if it's not the same 
scarf. I don't. I I think I think what remote viewing does, and, and certainly did yeah. for me, and I think the reason I got into it is it's like it gave me some tools to use to, to allow me to access this sort of psychic information. I still think it's the same source. I still think people who are getting intuition, people who are professional psychics, um, and people who are just sort of sitting down and learning how to remote view and they get suddenly they they start getting some hits and start getting some some results i believe all of that sort of information is coming from generally the same place now i don't know about mediumship i don't know if that's the same place again it probably is uh but who knows Yeah, well, then let me be, I'll try to be a little more specific. I think you're right with all the, I mean, I agree with you. I shouldn't say I think you're right. I agree with you. Um, but what I, what, with my little studying that I've done, I say little because compared to you, it's a little bit, that the remote viewers that were hand a Stargate or whatever they may be, were not working psychics or mediums like myself, right? They were regular people that were brought in. Right. And then they had right. in, in Goswan, right. I think, and they brought in other people. It's fascinating. I, I actually did a little, well, I was telling my mother-in-law about it the other day, and she was passing by me, and she said, well, let's do it right now. And I was like, right now? So I whipped out my phone, and I just took out one of the ones on YouTube, and I didn't really even get to explain it to her. She looked at the number. She started to draw, and she drew away, and then I stopped her, and she had drawn a big car and some other things around it and whatnot. And the, when the target was revealed, it was a bridge so she, a car, with cars going over it. And I, she initially thought that wasn't a hit. I said, well, for actual remote viewing to find a place, it's not. But you wrote, you wrote a big car because your brain on some level, your intuition, picked up all the cars. Yep. And this yep. is a woman who is very left brain and doesn't liken herself to have much of a sixth sense, although I believe we all do. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. Sat down for two minutes, did it, and then moved on her way. And she got it, you know, or did, got Great. something. Yep. Yep. So I, I, yeah, I think no, that's the... fascinating. And I, as I mentioned, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to talk a little, about, a little bit about the, the military guys, as, as you point out, right? So... Um, they they were screened, um, and SRI, Russell Targ and, and Hal Putoff, were involved in the initial sort of trying to sort of um, find psychics within the military. Um, they, 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 they went through a, a process. I think they were whittled down. Like the original six guys were whittled down from maybe sort of 60 or something like that through various sort of tests and, and, and stuff. Um, um, but part part of that was, you know, do do you think you are psychic, and have you had any psychic experiences, and and stuff like that. And some of them answered yes to those sorts of questions. You know, do you believe in in this sort of stuff? Um, so I, I, you know, to say that they weren't psychics is 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 true to a certain extent. But as I say, I think from from the from the testing that they did and the, and the results that they they came up with, they were pretty sure that actually everybody was on the bell curve. Of being psychic, there wasn't sort mm-hmm. of a a, ye- a a yes and no sort of this thing. There was there was a there was a bell curve. It, I, in, in, in much there is with 
with all human activities, playing golf or the violin or the piano or whatever, right? A lot of people can sort of bang out a tune. Some people are actually better than that, and some people, you know, play at Carnegie Hall sort of thing. So every everybody's sort of on there somewhere. Right. And they, the, the guys at SRI were so sure of this that when they were asked to give a demonstration, they would say, yeah, yeah, sure, come in. We'll, 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 we'll set something up for you. And these guys would come in, and these are CIA guys or sort of government, you know, they're some sort of government um, personnel, and they're expecting, you know, Ingo Swan to do something amazing in front of them. But actually, the, they had the, the tables turned, and they and it was like, okay, well, you're okay today. You're going to be the psychic, and it's like, what? You know, I'm not psychic. Well, okay, just follow these instructions. And they were so confident that they knew that they would be able to sort of show through direct experience that their, their methods were, were sound, that that's what they did. They didn't, you know, roll out Ingo Swan and set him up to do something because then it was always, oh, well, you must have told him beforehand or, you know, he must, he must have found out somehow. It, it was, no, we're going to get you to do it. Yes. And then you're going to have to, yeah, then it's real, right, isn't it? So yes. that's, that's how confident they were that everybody was on this bell curve. Well, I think if that got out there a lot more, I think my work and remote viewing would be a lot more accepted if people just realized it's it's really part of our natural existence. Um, I am fascinated, though, with the, like I mentioned before, the predicting level of it, because we haven't discussed that yet, and nothing's foolproof, and I've, I, so I'll get that out there right now. I'm not suggesting people go out predicting things, and I often joke and say, I don't do predictions, where some... I, maybe in you know, my own journals or things like that I'll do um, but, I, but I don't do it for, for part of my business but I am fascinated that people have used remote viewing and I mean the formulated remote viewing like you do and that we discussed that companies have used it for stock market business we know they've used it for crime as we said and military but I wanted to take you know the last you know 10 minutes or so or, or to discuss the associative remote viewing and or two boarding events and you know because I read about that and maybe leave the the listeners with some things maybe they could try so I was hoping you could maybe describe how the the um, remote viewers do the sporting events or games or something like that yeah sure sure it, it basically can be applied to anything that's got or even if, if they, they're not definitive, as long as they can be sort of explained outcomes. So a simple case or simple cases would be a sports game. My team wins, my team loses. Uh, stock market, go, the price goes up a lot. The price goes up a little. The price goes down a little. The price goes down a lot. There's four outcomes uh, and so on and so on, right? So mm. basically anything that can have some outcomes that you can sort of define uh, can be used for what's known as associative remote viewing. Uh, this was sort of first used, not, not, no, not first used, but it was used to sort of great effect um, by Russell Targ. He made nine predictions in a row of silver future prices and got on the front page of the New York Times um, and, and made a whole bunch of money out of it. So there we are. There's, there's, <laughs> uh, there's uh, you know, the fact that it, it, it can work. 
The issue is there's also, strangely enough, there's examples of it not working and, and losing people a lot, a lot of money as well. So, again, there's something we don't know about it. There's, there's other factors. But let me explain basically how it works. Once you have an outcome, or, or rather for each outcome that has been defined, there needs to be associated to it a picture, a picture of something. So let's say there's two outcomes. My team wins, my team loses. And this is for a future event. It's a real event that's happening in the future. It's going to be a sports game that's on Saturday, and it's now uh, Monday, let's say. And it in, indeed it is Monday. So I'm setting this up, and I say to you, uh, Carla, um, I want you to describe the picture I will show you on Saturday evening. And you don't need to know anything else. And you'd go, okay, great. John's given me a, a remote viewing exercise to do. I'll go away and do my session, and I'll send in the results. Now, bef beforehand, I would have gone, okay, I've got two outcomes. I need two things. Um, one thing will be a champagne bottle. And the other thing will be very, very different from that. Let's say a hamster. So one is a hard, shiny, glassy, uh, sort of round, tall. And the other is sort of squat and furry and soft. So those two things are very different from each other. And I tell you, you know, the goal is to try and make them as, as different from each other as, as, as they can be, because that makes... Uh, my job, because when you send me your session back, it make, makes my job easier. If you sort of start describing something that's sort of round and a bit and soft, then I know straight away we're not talking about the champagne bottle and, and my team. And the prediction is my team has lost. So you do your session, you hand it in, you describe something, you know, soft and round sort of thing. You think maybe it's alive. Um, you can hear little squeaky noises. It's, there seems to be movement. Uh, you might even go as far as, you know, it, it reminds me of a hamster or it reminds me of a, a squirrel or something. And I, I go, okay, great. Well, that's a really good session because it, it does actually match very well one of my, one of my targets. And, and that target was associated with my team loses. So I've so, damn, that's, that's the prediction. Do you tell the per the remote viewer in advance anything other than this is the target number? You don't say this is for um, a win or a lose of something. You say nothing. It's very best. The least you say, the the better. Yes, and there's no need. There's no need to to, to say anything further. I mean, people. Okay. Uh, so yeah, 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 because there's, there's, there's no, there's, there is no need. It, it makes no difference. You're just doing, as far as you're concerned, you're just doing a remote So you session. would, but you, the person who's wanting to want, know about your team, you kind of put out there to the universe or whatever, I want to know who's going to win on Saturday. And so you've put it out there, but the remote viewer yes. knows nothing more than please target this. I didn't really yeah. about what they were doing. Interesting. Now, so when they get the the furry alive, you know, item that they come up with, do you tell that remote viewer 
what that was for or whether they were correct or not? Well, you don't know whether they're correct or not until uh, after right. the game, right? right? Um, and yes, they should. Only then do they see what what's known as their feedback, and they would be sent the correct uh, target picture for the for the for that outcome. So let's say you describe the hamster, and he, actually this is interesting because this is actually what happens. You describe the hamster, and I go, okay, damn, you know my team's going to win, is is going to lose. Actually, Saturday comes around, the the game is played, and my team wins. And I have time now. Have to send you the picture of the champagne bottle. And I go, sorry, um, you know, you got this wrong. But what's interesting is, is that you actually describe the other the other target very very well. So you know, that's not right, but it but it's interesting. Now this happens. That's that's it happens what... a lot. Go on, Carla. Sorry. I can imagine this would happen a lot as a psychic, I would think, because that would be a psychic hit. Because if you have two pictures, and, and, and if I was training psychics, I would say that's a hit, because they got one of them very, very right. However, because they didn't get the win outcome right, but they did get the picture right. So somewhere in there, psychic ability is crossing over with predicting and not predicting. So I would think that does happen a lot. Yeah. Um, it's known as in the sort of scientific parapsychological community, it's known as displacement. And it happens a lot in the Gansfeld uh, uh, experiments as, as well. You, you know, where, the, where there's four experiments and the person's in a sort of semi-sleep um, uh, type state and there's, you know, in a nice comfy chair and there's somebody beaming in one of the four mm -hmm. pictures. And um, the person will describe a different one, but again, like very well. It's like, yeah, no, definitely that that was the one that I saw. It's like, no, well, that wasn't the one that you know the person was beaming into you. It was it was the other one. So yeah, it's 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 well known. Um, people will will very accurately describe the wrong target. Uh, yeah, and and it might be one one thinking is, and I don't think. There's not been a lot of research into it or, any, or certainly anything that sort of produced any sort of definitive results as to why. But one sort of set of school of thought is the fact that you love hamsters and you don't like the taste of champagne. So mm -hmm. you will sort of move away from the champagne bottle. Yep. and Oh, great. There's a nice there's a nice cuddly hamster. I'll, I'll, I'll go to that one. Yes, I can I can see how that would happen I, because in my and I realize I'm looking at the time here I have to speak quickly, but in my readings I the I always am given my frame of reference certain state I will give the state but it actually might be the person's name, so I'm kind of given somehow in my head something I can relate to I'm sure that's displacement I like yes. I'm glad to know that that's yes. interesting to me. I'm now, I feel like now there's even more things I want to ask you. If we can get my sound working correctly, we can do a podcast part three. <laughs> so yeah, no, hopefully we'll get I, that I, done. I'm fascinated and want topics. to hear. Yeah, and I'm, I'd like to hear more of your experiences, honestly, and, and your own experiences and the things that you've seen with your students or the people that you work with. Um, I, right. Why don't we take a minute? I think we've got about another two minutes, um, and just 
let people know how they can reach you, how they can find you, and I know there's a conference. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, so um, as Carla mentioned, I have a book called uh, Natural Remote Viewing. There's a website for it called naturalremoteviewing.com. Uh, information about me, uh, information about the book, and some of the information I've, I've mentioned today about what remote viewing is. So there's an email on there um, as well. If you get onto the website, you can contact me. Uh, I also run the group in Manhattan. So if you're in Manhattan, you can find me on meetup.com. And yes, there's a conference. There's the International Remote Viewing Association's uh, 20th uh, anniversary conference in Las Vegas uh, towards the end of March actually March 20th, 22nd. Lots of interesting people from the world of remote viewing giving talks about various aspects of it, its uses. Um, we get, didn't get to talk about Alexis Champion in, in France, but he is using it in business. Uh, he's giving a talk on, wow. uh, in Las Vegas. It's going to be very interesting. Well, we, we're going to the conference? Yes, I am, yes. So, John, uh, yes, you're going anyone, to please come and introduce Oh, good. Introduce, we'll introduce. have plenty to talk about. Great. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining me again. I really appreciate what you do and all your knowledge, and we'll be in touch. Thank you. Terrific, Carla. Thank you. Sure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is Carla Blaha. Believe and listen. You can find me at carlablaha.com and all of the social media. Been a guest on remote viewing and apologize for the sound problems. We're working on them. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to Believe and Listen with Carla Blaha. You can find Carla at CarlaBlaha.com. To increase your personal sixth sense, Carla's book, Get Our Vibe Back, is available on Amazon Kindle. Tune in next week for more things metaphysical. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.